found in Proverbs chapter number 11. A few verses in your hearing. Some of y'all say preaching times came and gone. Just hold on. Hold on a moment. Specific story in the scripture where Arana said to David, I want to give you a threshing floor. It won't cost you anything. David wanted to make sacrifice to God. Arana said, hey, it won't cost you anything. I'll give you a threshing floor. But the heart of David was so fixed on sacrifice that David simply said, no, you won't give it to me. I'm going to pay you for it. Because I will never offer to God something that cost me nothing. Isn't that deep? I won't ever offer God something that cost me nothing. We're all blessed people as we stand here today. You have Proverbs 11, shout I'm there. Praise God. I'll give some of you slow folks a couple seconds. Somebody say I'll be there in a minute. Thank God for modern conveniences. It is available on the screen. Thank the Lord for a tangible copy of His Word. If you remember a few weeks ago, we began this series on giving. And we learned that giving involves more than just money, didn't we? We discovered that God entrusts us with other valuable resources. How many know that? Doesn't God entrust... Brother Freeman, He entrusts us as stewards. What are stewards? They are managers of others property do we own anything in this life does it all belong to God so has God entrusted us brother Arbus as stewards managers of those things that rightfully belong to him praise God one of those things we discovered was was talent God brother Bill has blessed us to manage to steward the talents that he's given us Talents are creative or artistic aptitudes. Brother Tedrick, talents are natural endowments that are given by God. And then, my friends, God entrusts us with time, another valuable resource. What an awesome God. You say, Pastor, I really, don't, I really don't understand that thing called time. Well, it's the indefinite continued process of existence in both the past, present, and the future. And it's broken down into seconds, minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, and years. Sister Vicki said, Pastor, your hair is not as dark as it was when you came to harvest. I was 35 then. Amen. And the Lord has richly blessed us. But we now understand why that God has entrusted us with these resources. Why? To bless others. He's trusted us to build His kingdom for His glory. Hallelujah, saints of God. The Lord has trusted us to manage time wisely and to avoid life's evil dangers. But today, I want to focus on learning to give the tithe. I want that to be our focus. The writer of Proverbs pens it in this manner in chapter 11 and verse 24. When he states, There is one who scatters, yet increases more. And there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. And the generous soul will be made rich. And he who waters will also be watered himself. Brother Jason, would you add God's blessing to the word? Oh, praise God. Thank you, Brother Jacobs. You might be seated in the Lord's presence. Amen. Reflecting back on those services, we understand that learning is a process. Amen. 
It's a process or an experience of gaining knowledge and or a skill. Giving means that we devote or we contribute to something. It means that it's always associated with a physical action. Praise God. So I want to talk about the tithe today. And I want us to understand what the tithe means. It's one-tenth or 10% of annual earnings. Somebody say, how in the world can you get happy? I don't get happy. Happy depends on happenings. I'm filled with the joy of the Lord. There's a distinct difference. Happiness comes and goes, but the joy of the Lord remains. So how can you get excited? How, how, how can you be jubilant about giving? It's simple because in giving, we receive. What a great blessing that is. It's in giving that we receive. I want to focus today. I want our emphasis to be upon the tithe. Do you know that there was tithing before the law? Somebody said, well, you know, that was, that was a mandate or, or a documented law in the Old Testament. Well, let me remind us of something very clearly because this is a great misconception, you know. Uh, when we think of tithing today, we view it as the Old Testament did. It was a mandate, an official order. It was a law. And we today love to think that what was Old Testament mandate or what was Old Testament law doesn't apply to us today. Matter of fact, I've heard a number of people say, I don't know where you Christians get hung up on tithing anyway. I don't know where you get hung up on that because tithing is not even mentioned in the New Testament. Say, what kind of Bible are you reading here? It might not say tithing in specific, but it does talk about giving. And how many of you are glad that God doesn't have to mandate us in the New Testament? In the dispensation of grace, praise the Lord, we carefully and thoroughly examine the scriptures enough to know what God says about giving. Somebody say amen. Well, preacher, that doesn't apply to me. No, if there's one thing I've learned about money is that people act real funny when you talk about money. We'll go to the car dealership and sign a note to the tune of seven or $800 a month that we're going to pay for a new vehicle. Listen, don't snarl at me now because you haven't looked at new cars lately. The truth of the matter is that we're paying for automobiles now what our parents paid for homes 40 years ago. Don't tell me God hasn't blessed us. I'm not talking about somewhere to lay our head down and take a shower and get. I'm talking about a vehicle on four wheels that roams up and down the highways of this county, state, and country. And we easily pay enough for them that we would a house 40 years ago. Some of y'all say that's inflation. Well, why is it that everything's going up but God's? Why is it that everything in the world is going up but what we give to God? Oh my, it is quiet in here. Truth is, we're really funny when you talk about money. Hallelujah, somebody. You see, tithing isn't practice to invoke. Tithing isn't practice to solicit or to appeal for God's help. Or in other words, that can be translated as God's blessing. Brother Arbus, I don't tithe to get God's blessing. Can somebody say praise God? The truth of the matter is we tithe in response. It's a reaction, praise God, to the blessings of the Lord. Why do you tithe? Because God's been good to me. I wish I had about three people in here that would testify to that reality. Somebody said, oh, pastor, you don't understand. I, I, I can't afford to tithe. I'm on a fixed income. Honey, let me help you. God done fixed it so you can get that income. How can you not give to God? Oh, Lord, have mercy. Preacher, you, you got the idea or the concept uh, completely mixed up in reference from the Old Testament to the New. No, in fact, friend, the New Testament gives us some even more uh, discreet details on how we're to get. You hold your horses. I'm going to get there in a minute because tithing was implemented long before the law. Who wrote the law? That's not a trick question. Moses, God gave it to him. 
and Moses wrote the law. Was the mandate of the tithe included in the law? Yes, of course. But were people tithing before the law? Y'all act like I'm old. (laughs) Yes would be the correct answer. How can you prove that? Look at Genesis chapter 14. This is the first mention of tithing in the scriptures. Genesis chapter number 14. Anybody remember the great exalted father? Amen. The man of God, Abram. Maybe this one will will strike a chord. How about Abraham? Abram, whose name meant exalted father, was changed to the father of nations. Why? Because of the plan of God that would be revealed in his life. Now, what does the scripture tell us about Abram? The Bible says he is from Ur of the Chaldees, an adulterous region. His daddy, Terah, was an idol worshiper. And God called him one day and said, get up, get away from your family. Amen. Go to the land that I'm going to show you. And the word of God said that by faith, Abram got up and went. How many wouldn't want the blessing of God like that flowing in your life? Amen. Count me in, praise the Lord. He got up without GPS. He got up without a navigation system. He got up not even knowing where he was going. And he followed God. Why? Because he understood the importance of obedience. You know what's conditional upon being blessed? What's conditional upon being blessed is our obedience to God. Am I too loud? Have I scared some of y'all? Y'all looking at me like you're in shock this morning in reference to tithe. In reference to giving. Well, the story afforded us in the Word of God in Genesis chapter number 14, it tells us, praise God, that this band of kings raided a particular parcel of land on which the nephew of Abram dwelt. His name was Lot. And how many of you know that they took Lot captive? They kidnapped him. And we didn't have radio, we didn't have TV, we didn't have Facebook, Twitter, we didn't have any of those accounts. But word got back to Abraham that this band of kings had came in and they had kidnapped his nephew Lot. Well, what happens? The scripture says, you read it for yourself in your leisure. I really don't have time to hatch this egg for you. But I got news to tell you, praise God, that the Bible says that the man of God, Abraham, he got together a small group of his trained servants. And what happened? He sought out after his nephew and when he got to where uh, those persons who had captured his nephew were the word of God tells me that they engaged in battle anybody in a battle in Harvest Church today some of us battle over our finances and the enemy tells us amen the church is doing fine without you they don't need uh, your monetary gifts they don't need your offering they don't need your giving no the church might not but someone the church helps just might and how would that be a blessing unto you it's the word of God brother that's says to me, Abram launched amen, a battle against those who had kidnapped his nephew. And when he engaged in this battle, God gave him the victory. I believe the scripture said, Brother Chance, there was a little over 300 in Abraham's army. I don't know how many people, Brother Brother Steve, this man launched this assault against. But I do know this. If you got the Lord on your side, amen, you don't need no army. This is the first reference of tithing in the scripture. So what happens? The word of God says that the Lord gave Abram the victory. His name hadn't been changed yet. Lord, help me not to blow that up. His name hadn't been changed yet, so his name was still Abram. But God gave Abram the victory, and he comes strolling back into town. And when he comes strolling back into town, what happens? He meets this guy called Melchizedek. And Melchizedek is the king of Salem. That's also known as Jerusalem. And listen what happens. Uh, do, you know what, do you know that to the victor go the spoils? What's the spoils? That's the accumulation of wealth that your enemy has in his possession. And how, how, how many of you know that when Abram went into war against these kings who had kidnapped his nephew, Brother Jason, that he returned with the spoils of war. In other words, he returned with, with every, every resource that the enemy had. I, I don't know what it consisted of, but here's what happened. When he returned, this priest, amen, Melchizedek, meets him. And, and out to meet Abram, he brings out bread and wine, for the Bible says... He was the priest of God Most High. All right? 
And what does he do to Abram? He blesses him and says to him, Blessed be Abram of God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the God most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand and he gave him a tithe of all. It wasn't Melchizedek doing the giving. It was Abram that did the giving. And here's the piece that really will bless your heart. The command was not yet written. Did God command Abram to tithe? No. So why did he? Oh boy. This is like jump rope or hopscotch. Just jump in any free chance you get. So why did Abram bring the tithe to bless God? You see, he didn't bring the tithe because the mandate had been issued or that God had written a law that stated the the tithe belonged to him. He gave to God. Help me, Holy Ghost, because he wanted to. Man, I feel a good place to shout. What does that mean, Pastor? He reacted uh, to the blessing uh, of God that was upon uh, his life. What Abram realized is that as he launched out into battle against uh, these kings who had taken his nephew captive... What Abram realized is that he couldn't have done it without the Lord. Somebody ought to stand on your feet right now and say, God, I couldn't have made it without you. Amen. You ought to just stand up and raise both hands and say, Lord, I would have never made it if it had not been for you. Why did Abram tithe? What? God been good to him. Brother Anthony, that's about as simple as you can put it because God had been good to him. I wonder by a show of hands how many people in this room I feel like preaching now. Amen. How many people has God been good to? I want to bless you and tell you, amen, that you exceeded last year's amount to the tune of $7,015 in a first fruit offering. Somebody ought to give God some praise somebody or to bless him he's been good to me hallelujah I feel like shouting amen I said God has been good to me he's been good to you he's been good to all of us if we can acknowledge that fact man I need to take a 30 minute praise break right y'all sat down way too quick How many know you can't praise him enough? How many know you can't outgive him? How many know you can't outlive him? And you can't live, you can't live without him. Somebody ought to bless him in this place today. And God said to me, he was a done, amen. He said, I ain't finished. I'm just getting started, son. I'm just getting started. So why did Abram bless God with the tithe. It wasn't documented. It wasn't mandated. It wasn't recorded law. So why did Abram bless God? Because the Lord had been so good to him. Listen, is this all right? If it ain't, you'll get used to it. Praise the Lord. I just feel an unction in my spirit today just to magnify the name of the Lord. You see, he rescued his nephew and returning home with the spoils of war, having conquered, amen, the conspiracy of many kings. He returned home to look back on all that God had delivered into his hand and he couldn't help but bless. Oh, glory. He couldn't help but bless the Lord. Brother Gerald, when I look back over my life, I can't help but to bless him, amen. I can't help but to give him praise. I can't help but to glorify him, amen. Because he's been so good to me. Is anybody looking for a blessing? You ought to stand up and say, Daddy, you're a good daddy. Woo! Hell, you ought to stand up and say, Father... You're a good father. Glory to God. Glory to God. You're so good. And you've been so good to me. 
It makes me want to shout. Hallelujah. It makes me want to shout. Thank you, Jesus. It makes me want to raise you to heavenly glory because the enemy came in. If he'd have had his way, I would have never enjoyed the peace I now know. But you swooped in. Amen. Almost a let go. But you swooped in, God, and with your strong arm and your mighty hand and you rescued me. I just want to give you praise. Just want to give you glory. Somebody said, Pastor, you're feeling real anointed today. Hallelujah. Oh, it's because in giving we receive. I said it's because in giving we receive. Bless God, somebody. You see, what's, what, through God, this is, this is what's so unique. Write this down. You see, through God, our generosity is considered as a prophet. Our generosity is considered as a gain. Oh, help me, somebody. Anybody can remember? Listen, I want to get real personal. Can anybody remember when you couldn't rub two dimes together? I'm talking to somebody at Harvest Church. I said, can you remember when you couldn't rub two dimes together? But now you're driving a brand new car. I said, can you remember? Can you remember when you you were so poor? Come on, somebody. Can anybody remember when you were so poor? Praise the Lord. You didn't even know how you were going to make ends meet. And now the Holy Ghost speak to you and say, give the man what's in your pocket. Am I talking to anybody? Good Lord, have mercy. Man, I feel like preaching now. You see, the tithe, amen, the, the, the principle of tithing was implemented long before the law. Aren't you glad that God didn't have to beat you over the head? Aren't you glad that God didn't have to stamp it in your forehead? Aren't you glad that God didn't have to twist your arm and say you need to give to the work of the ministry and to the upbuilding of my king? Aren't you glad that God said, amen, give out of your abundance, amen? Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? Boy, this is good preaching, I'll tell you, Hallelujah. Won't God do it? What did he tell Israel? He told Israel, he said, I'll give you cities you didn't build. He said, I'll give you vineyards you didn't plant. Is that what God said? God said, you'll draw water from wells. You didn't exert the energy to dig. I wish I had about five people that weren't ashamed of Jesus and would help me. Praise the Lord. God said, I'll do all these things for you, not because you're the prettiest, not because you're the most adorned, not because you're the most decorated or celebrated. I'm going to do this for you because you're the smallest of the nations and because I've chosen you. I've handpicked you, Brother Elsie. You're the apple of my eye. God said, I'm going to do it because I love you. Isn't it amazing that all we have to do is submit out of the abundance of our finances unto God, to the work of the ministry, to the upbuilding of his kingdom, just because we want to. Because God been good to us. Isn't that a blessing? Some of y'all are terrified if you moved it, God's going to jerk a knot in you. I sense it in the spirit of God right now. But listen, God assures us, God assures us, Brother Arbus, that giving is reciprocal. I don't want to confuse you, but what does that mean? God assures us, Brother Oxendine, that giving is reciprocal. When something is reciprocal, it means it returns to us. Not like, no, not like a bad chick. Hello, somebody. Isn't there a fee for a bad chick? Yeah, there is. Come on, somebody. But no, 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 no. God's not saying to us that our giving is, is in that manner reciprocal. God is saying uh, those, uh, to those of us who are paying attention today, he's reassuring us. He's giving us the peace that comes with understanding this truth and reality. That generosity, praise God, is reciprocal. He assures us that in giving we're going to receive. Somebody turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. I ain't asking y'all what time I got. You'd be telling me to sit down. I feel the Holy Ghost of God moving in this church. The Lord is ministering to the lives of his own people. And this is what the word of God says in the New Testament regarding giving. Somebody said the tithe. Amen. 
But this I say, who's writing? Paul. Paul's writing to the church at Corinth. Corinth is a city in ancient Greece. And Paul says, but I say this. He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Everybody get that? It's reciprocal. In other words, it means I'm going to get back what I sow. Y'all still ain't got it. So let each one give as he purposes in his. Don't let your mind lead you to giving. Hear what your mind will do. Your mind will say. Your mind will say. Give them that off the top right there. You see, you'd unfolded it purposefully that way. You fold it so somebody asks you for something, they'll see the smallest amount you got. And your mind said, just peel one off the top. Give that. No, 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 you're going to have to go in your wallet after this one. See, that, that place in your wallet is where you got to hid from your wife. The men like to call that a chub. Oh, hallelujah. Some of y'all call yourself finding money. You call yourself being blessed to God because you found money that you didn't know. You hid it from yourself. Mm, somebody. Boy, that's tight, but it's right. <laughs> Praise God. And the Lord's so good. I, I put on a pair of pants. I found money. I didn't know. You hid it from, from yourself. How appropriate is it to go to the bathroom when the offering's being received? You hid it. You hid it from yourself. The Bible says in verse 8, God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you always having all sufficiency in a few things. Having all sufficiency in some things. I mean, if we can keep you broke, we can keep you humble. That way you can be a blessing to the kingdom of God. If you don't ever forget your roots and where you came from. Everybody in this room know your family was poor. Y'all could see the chickens and the cracks in the floor. It snowed in your face in the winter. Toilets, them was out in the yard in a square building. They called that the outhouse. That's because it was out from the house. Y'all don't remember that if you're under 40 in this room. But the Bible says that, that you always would have sufficiency in all things. And you may have an abundance for every good work. So are we supposed to tithe 10%? No. We are not. We're supposed to tithe as we purpose in our heart. Some of y'all are like, Pastor, I've been wrong a long time. Well, you can make it up. If you've been tithing 10% a long time, you can make it up. Y'all want to do that next Sunday? <laughs> I was just, thought I would poll you to see. Because all of us are so indebted to God, we don't know how we'd make it up. Preach, Pastor. That's good preaching, whether you say amen or oh me. Hallelujah. But let me tell you something. Those who refuse to sow their resources will reap no return. You know what I'm intrigued by, Brother Oxentine? I'm intrigued by how you can plant one single grain of corn. Hold on, Brother Ernie. How can I plant one single grain of corn and a stalk come up that bears a few ears of it? Don't that make you want to just stand up and bless the Lord? Don't, don't that make you want to shout? Brother Ted, how in the world is it you can plant one watermelon seed? And off that thing, it'll sprout more than one. You want to know what that is? That's God's blessing. That's the principle of sowing and reaping. Somebody, somebody want to help me preach this message? Can I get a wave offering in here? Praise the Lord. Won't God do it when you plant? Brother Denton, what about when you, what about when you dig a hole in the ground and plant one spud? Can you tell me what we get, Brother Delton? 
Get a whole hill of taters. Who don't like taters? Come on, somebody. What I'm trying to say is the principle is this. We can, we can sow just one, and God can work the strangest math in all the world, and he can turn that one into a bunch. Brother Ernie, you like you want to help me with this sermon. I can see you gnawing at the bit right now. You're a farmer at heart. You know what I'm talking about. How in God's name can you plant one seed, and from it spring up a whole harvest? It's because God is God, and that will never change. Amen? He's got the funniest math in all the world. I might as well preach this, praise God. Sowers experience the joy of a harvest that glorifies God. And it also enriches the giver, amen, uh, as much as it does the one who receives the gift. Isn't that the truth? Write this down. We receive in the proportion what we give. We receive in proportion to what we give. What does that mean? It means in part, in share. It means in number, in relation to the whole of something. Oh God, I might as well preach this. Praise the Lord. So as a Christian, we experience the joys of the Lord when contributing to the work of God. Is that true? How many of you in here that God's called to be a missionary? How many of you in here that's ready to line up to get on a boat to go halfway around the world to minister to people you don't know? You have enough trouble testifying to the people you do know. How many want to line up right now and say, I'll be a missionary? You know what missionaries do? You know what missionaries do? They raise their own support. Missionaries itinerate and they depend on other people for rations. They depend on other people for finances that will take care of them on the mission field. Have I, have I any volunteers at Harvest Church today that want to line up and say, God's called me to be a missionary? So we receive in proportion to what we give. I don't know about you, but I thank God the Lord's called me to minister in Harvest, at Harvest Church. He called me to minister right here in Raynham, North Carolina. And I'm grateful that he didn't call me to some country around the world. I'm challenged enough to communicate with people I know, let alone the people that speak a whole other language. But God does call other people to that ministry. You know what? I've got nothing but high praises for them because they leave the comfort of all they know. I'm still talking about tithing. I'm still talking about the fact that tithing existed before the law. I'm still talking about the reality that God doesn't just expect us to give 10% now. How much does God expect us to give? Some of y'all still doing the math. Some of y'all still trying to do the math. You struggled with 10%. Now, Pastor, you done told me God want me to give out of the abundance as I purposed in my heart. Well, I put it to you like this, and this might not be popular. But you can give it to God or you give it to somebody else. You give it to the tooth dentist, the eye doctor. Come on, saints of God. Hello? You going to give it to the mechanic? Hmm? Walmart, preach, pastor, praise the Lord. Amen. We're going to give it to somebody if we won't give it to God. That's better preaching than you're responding, but I'll move on. You see, when we contribute to the work of the Lord, we experience the joy of knowing we're advancing the work of ministry and the kingdom of God. That'll bless you. Don't it sound like a blessing that when God told the children of Israel, give me 10% and I'm going to bless you. Don't that sound like a blessing? That sounds like a blessing to me. And listen, this is what he said to those folks, Sister Donna, in the Old Testament. It sounds like a blessing to me. Man, I'd love to have the problem of knowing what to do with the rest that God left me. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you love to have a problem? Sorting out what you're going to do with the remainder that you didn't give to God. Don't y'all go start talking about no lottery because you won't pay the tithe. I know you ain't giving to the church if you win no lottery. Oh, hallelujah. They say to me on my job, you don't buy lottery tickets? No, I don't. I don't buy raffle tickets. It's a conviction. I'm not telling you to adopt it. I'm just telling you what, what manner the Lord's dealt with my heart. Okay? I lost some of y'all right there. Let me reel you back in. Some of y'all got no problem giving $10 to win 1000 You know, things like that. 
But the truth of the matter is, if you give to God, it's going to return to you. It's going to return to you. i got to move on because God has made a promise to tithers. You don't believe that? You don't believe that God's made a promise to tithers? In his word. Pastor, are you serious? God has made a promise to those who tithe. Y'all looking right. You really want to look at your neighbor right now and say, I've been missing it the whole time. You're looking around right now like, God, man, if I only knew I was going to get something for giving, I'd have been giving a long time ago. You can start now. You can start now. If you want to catch up for all that you haven't given God, we'll take another offering next Sunday. Let me rephrase that. We'll receive an, I don't want to say, I don't want to use the word take. It, it makes me feel like somebody's forcing me to do it. But if you want to make up to God all those times that you lost out on, we can start next Sunday. Got to move on. God has a promise to tithers. What's a, what's a promise? Well, in simple, it's a pledge. It's a vow. It's a guarantee. But the long definition is it's a declaration of assurance that one will do a particular thing. Let's look at Malachi chapter number 3, verses 10 through 12. Malachi chapter 10. Anybody know the prophet Malachi? Last prophet of the Old Testament. And Brother Malachi says this. This is the promise of God. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will be not room enough to receive it. I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. This is the promise of God. Are y'all reading it? And then God says he'll do what? He says... All nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Pastor, are you telling me that God has made me a promise that he will bless me better than I can handle? Is that what the word of God said? That's what God's word said. You see, right after the prophet warns us of the consequences of robbing God by not honoring him with our resources. He affords us this, con- let me, let me, please, let me underline this. This is a conditional promise of God. You got no idea how many people tell me I pay my tithe. I pay my tithe. The Bible says it's God's tithe. You've done nothing out of the ordinary. You're not going to receive special graces. You've only done what God said do. I tell, tell folks that on the job all the time. They want to be promoted and they say, man, I, I, I'm doing all this work, but I'm not getting recognized. I say, well, that's how it goes. You don't get rewarded if you don't do the work. And then they say to me, our friend, I did this, I did I said, it's in your job description. So in essence, all you did was your job. But, but, but let me tell you what people expect now, son. Can I tell you? People expect to get paid for doing nothing. Does it help, my friend? Is good work hard to find? Good help, good workers, good, good. It's plenty of work out there. And then we get mad at other people because they take those jobs. Truth of the matter is they don't mind working. And then we got this new breed generation. Hold on. 
Oh, Sally. Oh, baby. Oh, girl. Hey, wait a minute now. What do you mean? You got them that walk in. You owe me already. They walk in entitled from the word go. You follow me? Now, the one thing I learned about children, and here it is. Y'all sitting on the edge of your seat. You can't wait for this one. <laughs> as long as you enable them, they will let you. Is anything different than that about God's people? No. As long as God blesses us, we will let him. Preach, pastor. But I deal with them daily. They walk on, they walk on my job and I give, them a, I give them an overview of what we do. And then I say to them, listen, this is a steady diet of what you'll be doing every day right here. And if you want to work... The work is here, and I can assure you, you will make 40 hours. How many wouldn't like to have the joy of knowing when you walked on a job that every week you would work 40 hours? But I have those guys, and they say to me, well, good, I want to work. I need to work. I got bills to pay. And two hours later, they're dropping all the gear I gave them, and they're heading down the highway. I'm like, where, where, where he going? They say, he didn't tell you? I said, No. He didn't tell me. They said, Pastor, he said he ain't got to do this. I said, oh, bless the Lord then. But he said he wanted to work. I got to move on some of y'all chasing rabbits. I'm trying to tell you God's made a promise to us who are tithers. God's made a promise. Preach, preacher. This is conditional. What does conditional mean? It means it's contingent upon us fulfilling our end of the deal. God's going to do his part. Are we doing ours? And it's based on our obedience. You see, did you notice what the Lord said in those verses? He is actually allowing us, his own people, to prove him. Or one translation says, test me. This is, this is a unique occurrence in the scripture now. That God says, I'm going to allow you to prove or to test me. But here's what, here's what the tithing response does to us as the people of God. It unlocks something in the spiritual realm. Y'all missed that. Let me rewind it and back up. I said tithing unlocks something in the spiritual realm. You see, God steps in and he rebukes Sister Leanne, the devourer, for our sakes. What does rebuke mean? It means he reprimands the devourer for our sakes or on our behalf. Why does he do it? To keep our resources from being carried off, from being drained, from being taken away from us by all kinds of things that are out or beyond our control. You mean, Pastor, the mandate of the tithe was an Old Testament order. It's no longer a requirement. Our gratitude in giving, saints of God, is more important today than any amount that we could ever give. Listen, don't you make no mistake about it. Now, some folks want you to know how much they give. You know the single largest question that's asked to me every visiting church that I would go to minister at is? You know what it is? I'm going to share it with you because y'all ready to hear it. Boy, I can tell. They'll meet me on the yard, Brother Chancellor. And on the yard they say, listen here, can I talk to you for a second? Oh, Lord. I'm Mr. Instant Problem Solver. And they meet you on the yard. They say, step over here. I ain't wanting everybody to see us talking. I knew I'm in trouble right then. They pull you off to the side, Sister Mika, and they say, step over here. I got something I want to run by you. I want to get your take on that. I want to see how you feel about this. Let me tell you something. How I feel about something don't matter. It's what God said about it. They pull me to the side, Sister Murdison, and they say, listen, they just some stuff in our church that ain't right. And they say, I was wondering, would I be wrong to withhold my tithes? Oh, Holy Ghost, help me. I, 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 was, I was wondering, 
since all this stuff is going on in our church that ain't right, would I be wrong to withhold my tithes till it, till it gets right? I say, I don't have an opinion. <laughs> Whoop, glory to God. I say, I don't have an opinion on the matter, but let me tell you what the word of God said. Bring ye all the tithe in the my storehouse that there may be meat at my table, says the Lord. Brother, not only would you be wrong, you'd be doubly wrong because you would be tempted many times over to use what God has entrusted into your charge to do something you got no business and still expect the blessing of God. Well, I'm going to just withhold my tithe till things get right and you go to Bass Pro Shops. And when you go to Bass Pro Shops, you see that brand new Triton boat out front. Things been going wrong in your church for a while. You got a pretty sizable knot laid up. Or you ride by Beach House Harley Davidson. Come on, somebody. Preach, preacher. Praise the Lord. And you ride and you ride by there and you can smell the gas burning and you can hear them mufflers growling and the devil say, You know they some stuff ain't right at the church. Now you know that open water's therapy. Preach, Pastor. I didn't have to go there, Brother Robbie. You, 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 know that, you know that open water's therapy. You know the open road on that Harley. Ah, boy, that's pure therapy. Praise the Lord. I believe the Lord. He would understand. Now, you sit here and tell me the day that that ain't the, how the devil works. I can't hear nobody. I can't hear nobody. Y'all don't want to test. Have I any witnesses? Can somebody step up to the witness stand, please? Have I any witness that would declare to me that that's not how the enemy works? That's how the enemy works. Somebody said to me one time, good Lord Almighty, son, you can have all kind of stuff if you didn't pay the tithe. I said, yeah, I could have nothing to. Wow, glory to God. I could have nothing if I didn't give to God. I don't care if that hair lift the devil himself, amen. I have what I have because of God and his goodness and his grace. And I ain't got nothing that he can't have back if he wants it. Hallelujah. Y'all miss that. Hallelujah. I don't have anything that God can't have back. He gave me because he gave it to me. Brother Anthony, it's wonderful to ride that three-wheeler, ain't it, brother? It feels good, that wind blowing on you. I remember Brother Anthony wanted one a while, and he said it just didn't look like things was going to shape up for him to get one. And what did I say to you, Brother Anthony? I said, you just hold on, brother. God's got one waiting on you. He's got it reserved. It's got your name on it. You just wait. He don't even know you when he passes you on it. No, no I'm just missing <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's watching the road. He ought not know you. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I said that to have a little fun. But won't God bless you? Musicians are coming. I said, won't God bless you? Do you know God has a promise that's available to the tither? Somebody say, somebody say amen. I know God's got a promise that's available to me if I'm a tither. I know he does. His word is already declared. And if his word declares it, then I believe it. And with faith, because I believe it, I'm going to receive. This is what a bless you. This is, this is really what a bless you. I heard John Gray talking several weeks ago about how busy people were following his life. And they were scrolling, scrolling through everything he put on Facebook trying to find out the direction of his life. And you know what he said? A lot of people are jealous. But you know what? They can't do nothing about it. They can't do nothing about the blessings of God. Hello? They can't do not nothing about the blessings of God in your life. It's not because of your pedigree. It's not because of who your family are, but it's because you've honored God with your giving. And when you honor God with your giving, God's going to bless you. I want to I I challenge us to do something in the last point I want to make. What, 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 what do you want to challenge us? I need to make one more point before I get there. Some of us would love to control who God blesses. Don't tell me you wouldn't. Some of us would love to control who God blesses. You ain't never seen the bad doing good? I'm, I'm, listen, I'm just keeping this thing in perspective. 
How many times you looked out and saw a known criminal doing better than you? Now here's what you say whether you mean it or not. That rascal got to be doing something crooked. Ain't no way nobody can have all that stuff with the job he got. Here's what you say about me. Boy, that church must be paying Pastor Terry really good. I'm still driving a truck nearly 20 years old. What? What are you talking about? Yeah, the Lord's blessed me. I choose to drive that truck. Could I go buy a brand new one? Yeah. Why don't I? I want people to talk about somebody else. God is so good that he even blesses the ungodly. You don't believe that's documented in the Bible? Turn to Matthew 5 and 45 if you don't believe me. I said God even blesses the ungodly. You can't control who God blesses. I got another interesting piece of information for you. You can't control who he curses either. Brother Bill, here's what he said in his word. Here's what he said in Matthew. He's just finished this discourse on how you're supposed to love your enemies. This is Jesus. In your Bible, these words will be written in red if you've got a red letter edition. Words of re- the words written in red mean that those are words Christ uttered. And Jesus just finished this discourse, Sister Dale, on how we're to love our enemies. Boy, ain't that challenging. Whew. Ain't it tough to love folk that are trying to destroy you? How can you do it? Through God. Through the Lord and His love. That's that agape love, honey. That ain't the kind you batted your eyelashes at Him and He fell for you overnight. No. No, that's got nothing to do with that. This is agape love. It's selfless, unconditional love that only comes from intimacy with God. But don't God bless the ungodly? He says that you may be the sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good. And he sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Now listen, this doesn't mean that I'm to expect blessing for doing wrong. I said, this doesn't mean I'm to expect the blessing of God for doing wrong. Do you know how many sinner people I've witnessed to and they say to me, God blesses me? I say, I can't deny that. I say, I can't refute that. And then they move, they move the conversation into this direction. Well, I've asked God for things, and he made them happen for me. I said, it's not because you ask him. I said, it's not because you ask him. It's because somebody asked him for you. That's good preaching, amen. Brother Charlie, what incentive would a, a sinner person have to make things right with God if everything he asked God for, God gave him? I can't hear you. I said, what incentive would we have to get right with God if in, in a state of sin we ask Him for something and every time we did, He gave it to us? I can tell you what incentive we have. None. It's like getting paid to do nothing. And how many of you know as long as you got paid to do nothing, you do nothing? Boy, that's good preaching. God bless you because somebody else asked. You got a saved wife and she's asking, Hallelujah! You got a saved husband and he's asking, hallelujah. You got the body of Christ, the church praying for you, and they're asking, hallelujah. Make things right with God. When you make things right with God, you can expect blessings because they're going to come. The last piece I want to leave with you is that we need to tithe intentionally. We need to tithe intentionally. Look at that pie chart. Anybody see that pie chart? You know what that is? That's a breakdown in the form of a pie. Life in relation to everyday living. What does it say? God, through the scripture in the Old Testament, 
he mandated the tithe. How much is a tithe? So 10% we tithe to God. We spend another 10% getting out of debt. Everybody know what debt stands for? Acronymically. What does that mean? It means that you take a word and you break it down by letter. Anybody know what debt means? Doing everything but tithing. That's debt. Doing everything but tithing. Look at the pie chart. 10% tithe. 10% goes to, to, to what? Debt. Getting out of debt. 30% goes to variable expenses. How many know you got stuff going to jump out the bottom of the ocean on you when you enjoy this thing called life? There's all kind of hidden things going to pop out, unexpected, unforeseen things, just going to leap off the page at you. Won't it do it? You can think you've got it fine-tuned. You can think you've got your budget worked out. And then you've got 50% of fixed expenses. Anybody know what fixed expenses are? Utilities. Food. Shelter. Clothing. When you break that down, Sister Amy, that's 100. Comprise all those together and that's 100%. You want to know why many of us aren't tithing? Because we're putting it in variable expenses. You want to know why a lot of us aren't tithing? Because we're getting deeper in debt. That's good, ain't it, Sister Lucy? Is there any truth to it? But we expect God to bless us when we do everything except for what He asks us to. Pastor, you told us earlier we didn't have to tithe 10%. No, that was a mandate under the covenant, the Old Testament, the law. So, so how do we give now? As we purpose in our heart. And it can be more than 10%, which will glorify God. i gotta, I got to move on. Problem with a lot of us tithe like we tip. Uh-oh. I said a lot of us tithe like we tip. Y'all know what a tip is. So in essence, what we do if we sit down and every time our glass got empty, the waitress didn't fill it, we start mumbling these words, she ain't getting no tip. And we tithe or give to God the same way. Slide a quarter down on the table for a $20 meal and act like we did something. Let's bless God and tell the truth. Some restaurants, some restaurants right now, they have up to 20% gratuity on the fee. When you eat a meal, so we, we, we drop down uh, that gratuity, that gift, that donation on the table. Just like we tithe to God. That's sad as good as God's been to us, saints. That's sad. Israel practiced tithing in response to God's blessings. Does everybody understand that? Israel practiced tithing in response or as a reaction to the blessing of God. And God today has entrusted us as stewards. What do stewards do? They manage the property of others. God has entrusted us as stewards or managers of His provisions. Preacher, how can you be so excited about giving? It's because in giving we receive. In giving we receive. I'm going to give you a couple of benefits of giving and we're going to get out of here. This is proven, this is documented. That in the year of 2006, by the National Institute of Health, scientists stated that when people give to charities, you listen to me, charities. What are charities? Charities are nonprofit organizations. Charities exist for the sole benefit of those persons in need. Praise God. I always give to St. Jude's Children's Hospital. You want to know why? Because any patient that goes there pays nothing. They don't pay anything. It's operated solely on the charitable contributions of others. And it's a credible place to give, Brother Chance. I mean, who wouldn't want to invest in the lives of babies, children, infants? I always give always to St. Jude's Children's Hospital. And listen, studies have proven this, Brother LC. What, 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 what kind of studies? Scientific studies. 
Sister Missy, you know what they've proven? They've proven that when people give to charitable organizations, it produces what they call a helper's high. Isn't that amazing? You thought you could only get high off drugs and alcohol, but you can get high off giving. It makes us feel overwhelmed. It makes us feel supercharged when we give to charitable organizations. Because what happens? Science says it releases endorphins in our brains that are, are activating regions of pleasure and social connection and trust. Stand with me all over the building, would you? Stand with me. So see, friends, tithing is beneficial in more ways than one. It's beneficial in more ways than one. Here's something else studies have proven. All of us will be jumping on this wagon. Brother Carl, here's something else studies have proven. Studies have proven that giving financial support to others prolongs our lifespan. How about that? Giving to the financial support of others prolongs our lifespan. Brother Ernie, isn't that a blessing? Isn't that a blessing to be able to give? So we anticipate the blessings of God when we give. One other passage of Scripture, Matthew chapter 12, verses 41 through 44. Here's what the Word of God tells us. Maybe I've told you wrong. I even stand corrected. I'm talking about a passage of Scripture where Jesus is commending this woman for giving out of the little amount that she had. Anybody remember that story in the Bible? She, she's, she's giving out of the little that she has. Other people, Brother Charlie, are giving out of the greatness or the huge amounts that they have. But Jesus is watching the treasury box, John. He's watching as people come up and give. And this woman gives two mites. And you know what mites are? They're like the smallest monetary value that people had. They're worth only fractions of a penny. These other people are going up for shows, Sister Leanne. They're dropping these big sums in. Jesus is watching. But he watches this little woman and she makes her way. And she gives out of the least that she has. And what does Jesus do? He acknowledges that. Did I say that we need to tithe intentionally? That means on purpose. Right? And he, he makes note of this in the scriptures when he acknowledges this woman. Because what does she do? She gives with a purpose. She gave out of sacrifice, Brother Elsie. She gave when it cost her. Mother Teresa said we ought to give, but we haven't given until we give till it hurts. That's what Mother Teresa said. So this woman demonstrated her conviction. And what was her conviction? Everything belongs to the Lord. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed all over this auditorium. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed all over the sanctuary right now. Pastor, what do, what do you mean? David said, I won't give to God something that didn't cost me nothing. I won't give to God something that didn't cost me nothing. It's actually Mark chapter 12. 41 through 44. Mark. Get my ages tough. Jesus sat opposite the treasury. Saw how the people put money into it. Many who were rich put in much. Amen. See, they gave out of their abundance. They put in much. But then one poor widow came and threw in two mites, which made a quadrants. 
And he called his disciples to himself and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. For they all put in out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty put in all that she had, her whole livelihood. This woman said, it's going to cost me to give, but I'm going to give out of conviction. The conviction that everything belongs to the Lord. God, I pray today, as we stand here in your presence, I pray for this congregation. I pray that we've all gained a better understanding about giving through this series. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you use our giving to advance your kingdom. I need for us to give until it hurts. Thank you for the souls saved in recent weeks, for those who've made confessions to serve you. Now, God, may our giving, the contributions that we've submitted, may they be a blessing to the lesser fortunate, to the underprivileged, to those who don't have as we do. We trust you with that we've given, for we know you have the strangest math in all the world, and you can multiply it to go above and beyond the need. Now, God, if there's one unsaved person under my voice who's lost without you, may your word not return void, but accomplish that you've anointed and set it out to do. Would you bless the members of Harvest Church, all our special guests today who have come to honor you through worship and praise. Would you add to their substance as only you can. Surround us with a hedge of protection as we journey into the world and fulfill our duties and obligations this week. At the appointed time, bring us again to this place of worship to honor you. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.